You are listening to the weekly podcast of Greater Christ Temple in Lima, Ohio. We pray you enjoy today's message. We say amen. 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 There is some amazing work being done all around the world. And I remember my father would always say, they can go places we can't go. And so we can send our prayers, but we can do more than that. We can also send some financial support as well. And so we are asking um, that in your offering today that you would just put a little extra something in there, whether it's whatever it is, an extra $20, $50, $100. Maybe God leads you to put more than that. Maybe he leads you, you can, you can only do five. Whatever it is, we do just ask that you will help be part of this great mission work. Because again, the, the most important thing we can do is help lead someone to Jesus Christ who may have never even heard of him. Or maybe they've heard of him, but they've never really received him. But maybe that next time would be their time. And how great would it be to be a part of that? Can we give God a praise one more time for Brother Jackson? Thank you, sir, for that. And we will be blessing the Gideon ministry very here soon um, in the next few minutes. If we could, Job chapter 38, thank you. You can stand quickly. I'm not going to be long, I promise. We've already, actually already heard a good word this morning from Brother Jackson, but I do believe God has something further for us as well. Job chapter 38, verse 1, Elder Corey had to leave to go uh, perform a wedding, and so that's why he is gone. So we're going to do it like it's before we even had music in church, and we're just going to, we're going to go ahead on in Jesus' name. Job chapter 38, verse 1. Job chapter 38, verse number 1. We're actually just going to read this one verse. If you have it, please say amen. Amen. And it says, Then the Lord answered Job, out of the whirlwind and said. That's our whole verse that we're going to talk about this morning. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and he said, God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the blessedness of your word. It's a living word. It's a breathing word. It's a, a moving word, God. And we ask that you will allow your word to fall on good ground in our hearts this morning allow it to take root, and allow it to help us to grow up into you. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Job 38, verse 1. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said. If I were to use a subject this morning, the topic very briefly for the next few minutes would be, thank God for the whirlwind. Thank God for the whirlwind. Everybody say that with me. Thank God for the whirlwind. I'm going to quickly talk about a few things. I have a few uh, points. If you're writing notes, this would be a good thing to write down. I'm just going to give them to you quickly because, again, we've already had a word this morning. But number one, God has already spoken about your situation. Just want to encourage somebody with that. You may be in the middle of maybe the craziest time in your life. I've been through probably the roughest year I've ever had in my life. And sometimes God just has to remind me, I've already spoken about your situation. Whew, this is going to be good for somebody this morning. God has already spoken about your situation. 
He's already spoken about it. Number two that we're going to kind of talk about over these next few minutes is his timing is perfect. His, his timing is perfect. I know it may seem like God is not showing up in the time that you want him to or in the time you think that he should, but I promise you, I promise, I promise, his timing is perfect. And then point number three, and I'll have, I'll make sure that these kind of scroll uh, again so that everybody can see them and get them written down if you haven't yet. But number three, listen closely when things are the craziest. I want to encourage somebody with this, the time to really tune in to see what is God saying to me in my life. It's not the time, unfortunately, against probably what we think. The time to really tune in oftentimes isn't when everything seems to be going smoothly. It's good to see you, Elder White. The time to tune in and listen more closely to God is often when things are the craziest in your world. It's the time to listen the closest. Have you ever found yourself wondering, where is God in my situation? Anybody other than me, raise your hand. If you've ever been in a place where you wonder, where is God in this thing? Whew, I know maybe it's not just me, but have you ever felt like God has gone silent as it relates to you? Feel like you don't hear him saying anything? Maybe feel like you're a little bit abandoned? The truth is there are times in our life that it seems like we have strayed so far or we've gotten so deep into a messy situation that we start to think God's not interested in me anymore. We start to think that God doesn't have anything to say to my situation. In life, it's going to happen. In life, you're going to have a lot of different ups and downs. Also, in life, you're going to have a lot of different relationships and friendships. How many of you have had a lot of relationships in your life? A lot of different friends, a lot of different, even maybe significant others that you thought were the one, and maybe they turned out to be, but maybe they didn't. But we have all kind of relationships with different people. And I, I can think of a time, and maybe you've said this before, someone said this to you. Have you ever said this about somebody? Have you ever been close to somebody and you had a friend or an acquaintance, but then something happens and you make this statement? I ain't got nothing else to say to them. Anybody ever said that? <laughs> or, or we do the flip of that and we say, so-and-so ain't got nothing to say to me. And what we're saying when we do that is, I no longer am concerned with them they no longer matter to me to a point that I've got any words for them. I got nothing to say to them. And when you say that, you're signifying that you are cutting them off from your life for whatever the reason might be. It means that this person is so far removed from my agenda or from my to-do list that I no longer care to interact with them. I'm no longer interested in anything that pertains to them. Sometimes people may stop speaking to us, and uh, we often aren't exactly sure why. Has anybody ever had somebody, they just start, they just leave you alone, and you can't figure out, what did I do? Did I say something to them, or did I, did I do something that upset them? And you start to wonder, like, why, why aren't they speaking to me anymore? And it may hurt. It may be someone we're really close to. It may be somebody we really care about, and it may sting a little bit. 
But here's the thing. If, if a person walks away from you or stops speaking to you or reaches that point, it may hurt and it may not feel good. It's not enjoyable for someone you care about to all of a sudden just cut you off and to stop speaking with you. In fact, it can send you into a state of depression. Anybody ever been so low, somebody cut them off or left them alone and it really broke you? I used to be a high school teacher and I would see students all the time in relationships and then someone ends the relationship and it sends one of the people down a spiral. And they're so broken and you say, what's wrong with you? You say, so-and-so don't talk to me no more. The power of relationships and the power of communication cannot be overlooked. But oftentimes we lose a relationship for one reason or another. We have a disagreement or a misunderstanding or maybe we don't even know why they stopped talking to us. And as painful as that might be, I'm here to talk to somebody this morning, as painful as it might be when someone stops talking to you, I promise it's not the end of the world. I promise. I promise you. It's how you're going to live to fight another day. It's not the end of the world. But what if God... Whew, what if God were to stop speaking to us? Can you just go with me for a minute? What if God were to stop speaking to us? If, if God were to stop speaking to his people, that's a whole different type of abandonment feeling. It's, it's not like my boyfriend stopped talking to me, my girlfriend stopped talking to me, my best friend cut me off for some reason. It would be a whole different ball game. If God were truly to cut us off and decide that he wants nothing else to do with his people, I, his, our lives would instantly be over. My father used to say, if God would withhold his grace from us for even just a millisecond, our face would be on the side of our head. Uh, we would not be able to breathe. We would not be able to function if God were to leave us alone, even just for a millisecond. We understand that God is very meticulous in the things he does. The very fact that we have breath in our bodies is a testament to the fact that God is still with us. Somebody say, God's still with us. Do you understand that if he were to withhold the production or the creation of oxygen, even just for a moment, that life would cease to exist? Do you know God spoke things into existence and they've been existing ever since? He, he spoke and allowed breath to come into mankind once and breath still is able to be produced within all of us. He did it one time. That lets me know right there he's still with me. I don't care how bad it looks. I don't care how bad I feel. The fact that I'm still here, God is with me. God is still with me. I'm going to keep moving here. We understand. They, I, I, hear, I heard it said before that the sun, we, the, the earth is so perfectly distanced from the sun in a place that if we were just 10% closer to the sun, we would all burn up. And if we were just 10% farther away from the sun, it would be too cold here for us to exist. Do you imagine what kind of precision and what kind of care God has to have for us to make things be that meticulous as it relates to his people? Yet sometimes we think, yeah, I don't care about us. How could we possibly think that when we really look at the big picture? But God intentionally and perfectly places things the way he does, whether it be the sun, the moon, or the stars, whether it be the situation that he allows you to be in even this very day, whether it's a place that's unfamiliar or uncomfortable to you, God places us exactly where we need to be when we need to be there. 
Yes, he does. The old Sunday school song says he's got the whole world in his hands. He's got you and me, brother. He's got you and me, sister, in his hands. And that reminds me that even when things may seem rough in my life, I know for a fact that God has not left me alone. Is there anybody excited about the fact that God has not left you by yourself? The Bible says he'll never leave us and he'll never forsake us. And that's exciting to me because even though my friends or my family may have a falling out with me, even though they may cut me off and say I ain't got nothing else to say to you, even though that I may do something and upset somebody, I may cut somebody else off, uh, I can take comfort in the fact that God will never leave me alone. Never leave you alone, but I get it. Sometimes you may feel like you're out in the middle of the ocean and God has abandoned you to drowning. I can be real this morning. Anybody ever felt like that? You felt like, God, why do you have me out here? I'm just floundering out here in the ocean all by myself. It's dark. I don't see any signs of life. It doesn't seem like anybody's coming to save me. God, why have you left me like this? Many of you may be dealing with circumstances right now where you're not sure where God is. You're not sure what God is doing with you. You may be in the midst of some transitions in your life that don't make sense to you. I can attest to that fact. I'm in the midst of some transitions. I'm like, God, what are you doing? Why are you doing this to me? And maybe that's your testimony as well. And maybe they're not comfortable or it's hard to see or understand the process of God. Well, let me bust your bubble right now. It's not up to you to know or understand the process of God. Who are you to question the processes of an almighty God who formed the world just by the voice that he spoke, just by his words, he spoke everything into existence. And we got the nerve to think we should understand his process. Ah, help us, Jesus. But we've just got to know just to trust him. Just to trust him. Jesus, Jesus, the song says, how I trust him, how I prove him o'er and o'er. Jesus, Jesus, we've got to trust the Lord. When you read the story of Job, and I'm getting to my close here. When you read the story of Job, you see the sequence of events that happened to one of the most righteous men the Bible tells us that ever lived. And how quickly I'm not going to go through all the details. Anybody ever heard the story of Job? And we understand Job, the Bible says, was a righteous man. It says he eschewed evil. In other words, he deliberately avoided evil. He did everything he could to walk with God. Yet God saw fit to allow Satan to test him. And many scholars debate on why God did this or what exactly that looked like. But all we know is this, that very quickly things started to change for, for Job in his life. The Bible says in Job chapter 1 that all of his animals were stolen from him. Now, if he just had a dog or two, might not have meant that much. But it said that Job was a very wealthy man. He had great possessions. And so we can imagine Job probably had thousands. And I think it, it does tell the amount that he had. And I did not go into that this week. But Job lost thousands upon thousands of animals. They were stolen from him. Later, it says a fire destroyed all of Job's property. And to make matters even worse, the fire killed all of his servants. <sighs> The Bible then says that a storm knocked down Job's son's house and his children were inside and they all died. Can you imagine going through even just one of those things? 
Can you imagine just, uh, just, just think about it for a minute. Think about all, whatever the most valuable thing is to you, the, the thing that uh, uh, maybe is your livelihood. What if God allowed so, all of that to just disappear, just to be stolen, just like that? One day you have it. Now, what if every dollar you had in your bank account, your savings, your 401k, your retirement was just gone like that? Now imagine that times 10 because that's what Job had. That's who Job was. He, he was a man of great possessions. And not only did he lose all of his livelihood by way of his animals, but now they said that all of his servants, even his workers, the means by which he achieved his wealth and his sustenance, they were all killed instantly. That'd be enough to wreck most of us, just that by itself. Not to mention, not long after that, as soon as he received word of what happened to his servants, they said, Job, there was a storm, and it knocked down your son's house, and all of your children died in the tragedy. I can't paint the picture accurately this morning. I don't have time to really do it, but I, I can't even begin to imagine what Job must have been going through. And then on top of all of that, on top of all that, the Bible says in Job chapter 2 that even Job himself became very sick. You mean after God allowed him to go through all, the, all that loss, all that tragedy, then his body himself was afflicted. And he was sick. He was gravely sick. And it seemed as if God was punishing him for something that he had done. I'm sure it must have been natural for Job to start to question uh, God and whether God still was caring about him or to start to question if he had even a hope for even living. We know how Job's friends came and they had their opinions on the matter. And we know what Job's wife said. She saw the situation and she advised, she had the nerve to advise Job that this God that you claim to serve obviously doesn't abandon you. You might as well just curse him and go ahead and die because that's what's coming for you. She told him that. Have you ever had someone try to talk to you or talk you out of what you believe simply because you're going through something that they don't understand? Uh-huh. Anybody ever question, why you go to church? Why, why, you, why are you always talking about Jesus? Why, why are you giving your money to that old church? Why are you go, spending your time going there on Sundays and, and whenever else you go? Why are you doing that? And, and they don't understand your situation. But I heard the song say, you don't know my story. That's why you don't understand my praise because you've not been in my shoes. And so I can hear Job, he said, listen, yeah, I hear what you're saying, and it is tough, Sister Joe, but here's the thing. The Lord giveth, and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I'd like to preach that sometime because I feel like that would go in. Just blessed be the name of the Lord. But that's not my message this morning. But Job had the stick to to say that I, I'm not going to listen to what you're talking about. And I'm encouraging somebody this morning, it doesn't matter if it's your spouse, it doesn't matter if it's your parents, it doesn't matter if it's your children, you've got to have the determination and the resoluteness and the conviction to stand on what you believe and say, come hell or come high water, for God I'll live and for God I'll die. Job withstood the temptation from those around him to give up on God. Better yet, to believe that God had given up on him. It's easy to start to think that God's given up on me. I've made so many mistakes. Job had to start thinking, God, what have I done? I've had to have done something that's upset you. I'm sure Job started to question everything about his own existence and, be, and, and question everything about his own faith. Uh, he began to question if God was justified in what he was doing. 
But Job, to Job, it seemed as if God was ignoring him. And he seemed like, he felt like God had left him all by himself. And sometimes it's natural for us to feel that way, like God has left me by myself. But the Bible says here in Job 38 verse 1, after Job had done all these things, he'd done all this questioning of, God, why me? God, why am I here? Where are you, God? Why have you left me by myself to this fate and to this evil? And he's done all his complaining and crying. The Bible says, and then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind. Uh, if you can, I want you to try to visualize the power of what happens here in this verse. I can imagine Job going before God and having his pity party and explaining to God, God, why are you doing this to me? And questioning God and, and wondering if God was even listening to him. And then all of a sudden, as he's talking and questioning God, next, you mean to tell me here comes a tornado? <laughs> Can you imagine being Job? Think of, see, we really can't imagine it because God does not tip it. He has not let a lot of these kind of catastrophic things happen to us. You might have lost a loved one. You might have lost some finances. You might have lost your job. You might have lost a relationship. But most of us ain't been through nothing like what Job went through. So it's hard for us to really appreciate it. But I'm asking you to try to think about if you were Job in that situation and you've literally lost everything that you have plus you're sick. You have lost everything, plus you're sick. You've lost friends who have walked away from you thinking you must be cursed. You've lost your wife. Now she don't believe in you nor the God you serve. And so you're sitting there just probably ready to almost give up. And next thing you know, there's like this tornado or cyclone coming near you. Most of us <clears throat> would have started to panic and think, oh, here is the end for sure. A whirlwind uh, is something like a tornado or some sort of a rapid movement of air in a funnel or in a cylinder or a cyclone. However you envision it, what you can be sure of is that a whirlwind is not something you want to stick around for. Anybody ever been uh, caught in a tornado or seen a tornado or been near one? Some of us probably have or you've seen it on the news. It's not something you want to be around. It's not something you want to stick around for. It typically indicates that it's time to get out of Dodge and it's time to get away from the situation because you're in harm's way. And so I can imagine as this whirlwind is coming near Job, a man who's been through so many things in his life, he's probably preparing to get out of Dodge. He's probably thinking that this is where my life comes to an end. God has brought me all this turmoil and all this pain just to let me die right here in this whirlwind. But as the whirlwind is doing its thing and it's approaching Job and seemingly about to bring more chaos into his life and possibly even be the thing that destroys him, the Bible says, then the Lord answered him out of the whirlwind. And there's some important symbolism here that I want you to get this morning. Sometimes it's in the midst of the most uncomfortable and the most unlikely situations in your life where God will speak to you right when you feel like you're about to be consumed. The thing that seems like it's about to kill Job was actually the thing that God used to let him know, I'm still right here. It may look like this is the thing that's going to wipe you out, but I'll use even the craziest and even the scariest time of your life just to remind you, I'm still God and I still love you like I always have. You see, I don't want to confuse you this morning. God did not just show up in Job's situation at that time. 
But God was in Job's situation the entire time. In fact, God was orchestrating the entire event. But Job did not understand that, nor could he feel God in the situation. Just because God was there didn't mean that Job knew he was there. Because why? There were so many things that were preoccupying Job's mind. Sometimes we can get so caught up in our situation that we lose sight of God. God didn't leave. We just lost sight of him. Uh-huh. It's not that God has abandoned you. It's just that you're not looking in the right places no more. You're expecting God to be where you want him to be. But instead, God is where he is, and he's waiting to get your attention so he can give you the direction on how to get out of it. I'm going to go ahead and get, get through this thing. When you find yourself in the midst of chaos all around you, when you find yourself in the midst of a storm, and maybe it's the biggest storm you've ever faced in your life, when it seems like everything's happening and it's about to break you, when it feels like you don't know which way to turn or who to talk to or even who to listen to, that's not the time to get shaky in your faith. The time when things seem the roughest is not the time to give in to depression. It's not the time to start doubting God. It's not the time to start listening to the devil and believing that God has stopped talking or stopped caring about you. But rather, when things start to seem the worst and the storm starts raging the hardest, it's the time to start looking for the whirlwind. That's the time when you start looking for, God, how are you about to show up and save the day in this situation? I'm not going to look for you in the way I'm looking for you, but God, open up my eyes to see you as you come. Because even if it's in a whirlwind that I think's about to knock me out, God, if you're in the whirlwind, I know I'm all right. Is there anybody here that can celebrate the fact that God does not have to show up how you want him to show up, but even if he shows up in a whirlwind that might take my life, God, I thank you for the fact that you're still with me. God, I thank you that you still love me and you're still mindful of me. Yes, it's time to start looking for the method through which God's going to give you an answer. Sometimes we get stuck and say, well, God ain't answered me. He don't care no more. No, start asking him for a new vision. Start asking him for a new perspective so you can see where he is. Whenever you find yourself in a big mess, say, God, what lesson am I supposed to learn here? You see, if Job would have just stopped and said, I don't know if this would have changed the situation, maybe, but sometimes we've just got to stop and say, God, I've been stuck here for so long. What lesson have I not learned yet? Whew. Sometimes we're in a prison of our own doing. Sometimes we're in a mind uh, bog or our mind is cloudy and we can't get clarity on something because we haven't learned what God has tried to teach us in that space. So before we can start complaining and saying, God, abandon me, say, God, what am I supposed to learn here? As the whirlwind gets bigger, start listening closer. Uh -huh, I'm going to say that again because y'all missed it. As the whirlwind gets bigger, don't start running. Don't start thinking, oh, here we go again. That's what we do. Here we go again. You get bad news. You get a bad letter in the mail. You get a bad diagnosis. What do we do? We say, here we go again, right? We get uh, Somebody cuts us off or uh, somebody tells us something that we don't want to hear and things start to seem worse than they were before. We say, well, here we go again. But instead, as the whirlwind gets bigger, everybody say, as the whirlwind gets bigger, listen closer. 
Yes, because when you find yourself in that situation, you've got to find out what is God saying to me right now. Stop thinking that everything that happens to you is meant to destroy you. Because just because it might not feel good at the moment, just because it comes to discourage you seemingly, or it comes to tell you something that you don't necessarily want to hear, you've got to understand that it does not have to destroy you. Just because it seems like it's not favorable or like it's not comfortable. Everything that's sent to break you is not meant to destroy you. Everything that's sent to break you is sent to teach you a lesson. In fact, the breaking is what will lead you into the purpose and the destiny that God has for your life. Job probably thought that he had already arrived. He thought, God's blessed me. Look at all the things that I've done, all the things that I had. He probably thought that he was God's uh, cream of the crop, and so he had all these finer things, but God in one moment allowed all these things to be taken from Job because there was something greater that God had stored up for Job, something that he could not access until the breaking. There are some things in your life that you're not going to be able to experience as you are right now, as saved as you are, as holy as you are, as in love with Jesus as you are. There are some places that God will not take you until the breaking. I don't know about you, but I'd much rather experience a breaking from God so that he can move me into my next season than to stay stuck where I am. And when that breaking comes, I've got to make sure that I pass the test. I can't get caught questioning God like Job did. We're questioning if God is even still there like we do sometimes. But I've got to say, God, this doesn't feel good to me right now. But I know my answer is on the way. And then I've got to not just say that, but I've got to start looking for the whirlwind. Don't be surprised when more bad news comes. Don't be surprised when things that don't seem right for me or what I'm looking for when those things show up. Instead of saying, here we go again. God, what are you doing? God say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Because the whirlwind is the key to hearing what God is trying to say. Yes, God can speak to you from the mountain. Yes, God can speak to you in a beautiful pillar of cloud. Yes, God can speak to you in an amazing display of his power, maybe through a pillar of fire. Yes, he can speak to you in a still small voice. Yes, he can speak to you from an encouraging word from one of your brothers or sisters. Yes, he can speak to you through his scripture. But sometimes, how many of you can be happy about when God speaks to you from a whirlwind? It don't feel the same. It doesn't make me feel all warm and fuzzy and bubbly inside. But instead of me complaining about what God's doing, let me just listen and say, God, it doesn't look like what I want it to. It doesn't feel like how I want it to feel. But God, I can thank you for the whirlwind. Can anybody celebrate the whirlwind? Because it's where God will speak to you. It means that as soon as all hell breaks through in your life, as soon as it breaks through in your mind and you start to wonder what's going on, I've got to look for my whirlwind. Every situation that pops up in your life this week, and I'm through, I promise, all you've got to do instead of getting down in the dumps, instead of starting to feel like this must be the big one, this must be the thing that's going to take me out, instead, put your ear closer to the voice of God. 
time. Maybe you've got to turn off the television. Maybe you've got to put that cell phone down. Maybe you just got to take a few minutes to yourself and say, God, I recognize the whirlwind. I promise you'll have a chance to do it probably this week. If not this week, it'll come a time where you can see the whirlwind and you can see it from afar off. I've been in situations where I can see this thing. Everything's starting to break down. I see where things are starting to fall apart. But now I've got the wisdom to know that just because things are getting bad, I've got to fix my gaze and I've got to look at it and identify it for what it is. And now I say, I see the whirlwind. That means God is on his way. That means my answer is coming and he'll give me the clarity. He'll give me the instructions on what I need to do. Is there anybody in here who can be thankful for the whirlwind? I don't care if it don't feel the greatest because the only thing that matters is what God says. And if he speaks to me in a still small voice, amen. If he speaks to me through the whirlwind, amen. But whatever it is, I thank God for his word. I thank God for his visitation. I thank God that he still cares for me because maybe, just maybe, if he wouldn't have shown up in the whirlwind, I might have missed what he said to me. So he had to show up in dramatic form. And God, I don't care how dramatic it feels. I don't care how bad it might set me back. I don't care how much people might talk about me for what I'm going through and say, see, look, God's punishing you. No, he's not punishing me, but he's trying to teach me something. And as long as he's trying to teach me, I'll stay right here, even in the midst of the storm, and say, God, thank you for the whirlwind. Somebody ought to say thank you for the whirlwind. Lord, help me to hear what you're saying out of the whirlwind. Help me not to take it for granted. Help me not to get afraid. But help me to thank you. Help me to listen so I can know what I've got to do. If you can be thankful for the whirlwind, say thank you, Jesus. Open up your mouth and give God a praise for the whirlwind. Because the whirlwind is where God may be trying to speak to you out of. Don't regret the whirlwind. Don't resent the whirlwind. Don't resist. Uh-oh. Don't resist the whirlwind. Woo, can you imagine? What if, what if Job, this is what we do. I've done it, so I'll talk about it. It's probably what you've done. What if we would have done like we do sometimes, and when the whirlwind came, what if Job would have took off running the other way? What if Job would have just rolled over and died because the whirlwind seemed like it was going to be too much? What if he just would have tuned out, checked out, croaked out? What if Job would have just took off? He never would have heard the voice of the Lord. Sometimes we do that. Don't resist the whirlwind. Don't resist the adversity that comes. Do you know that the fact that God has you in his hands, I said it earlier and y'all liked it, he's got the whole world in his hands, right? When we understand that, I'm trying to help somebody this morning. When you understand that he's got the whole world and he's got you and me in his hands, 
that should give you the confidence to know that as long as I'm in his hands, anything that happens to me, it don't matter. There's some good that has to come from it. Otherwise, he would not have allowed it to happen. So don't resist the whirlwind. Don't resist the storm. Don't resist the adversity. Doesn't mean you have to like it. I'm sure Job didn't like any of the stuff that happened to him. But he learned how to trust God in it. And the Bible says, well, don't say this, we say this, but that God gave him double for his trouble. Because that's what God did. Everything he lost, God restored it to him. Double. Because of his faithfulness. Because he did not resist the whirlwind. He did not run. He did not check out or give up or curse God and die. I don't know about you, but after all that went down and after God, I saw how the story ended and God blessed me double, I'd have just looked at my wife like, good thing I didn't listen to you. <laughs> because if you would have listened to her, that's why you can't listen to everybody. It don't matter who, how close they are to you. You got to do this thing for yourself. Job literally would have failed the test had he listened to someone who was close to him. The Bible says, try the spirit and see if it be of God. And that's what I encourage you to do today. If there's anybody that desires prayer, come now. I know we don't have no music. That's all right. We don't need no music. <laughs> if you desire prayer, come now. If there's something you have a need in your life, if there's something that you desire, <clears throat> if there's something that you feel stuck with, you feel hung up on something that God is doing in your life and you don't understand it, it's not making sense to you. Why don't you come now and let somebody pray with you? Let somebody lay hands on you. Because I promise there is power in the laying on of hands. It's scriptural and I've seen it work, I know it works. So don't sit there if you have something that you're like, God, I'm struggling trusting you right now in this breaking. I'm in a breaking season. <clears throat> I'm in a breaking season. I'm in a place of sadness. I'm in a place where things don't make sense to me. But God, I want to learn how to trust you in the whirlwind. I resent the whirlwind that's in my life right now. I believe it's something that's uh, uh, not, for, not good for me, and so I, I'm not... I'm not content, God. If that's you, come now. I'm not going to beg you, but if you know if you desire prayer. <clears throat> yes, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. If, if you desire prayer, come now. In your life, I will take it if you only give it There's nothing that God does not want to help you with in your life. There's nothing that's too hard for God to care about in your life. And we typically understand that one. There's nothing too hard for God. But I like this one. There's nothing too small for God either. Sometimes we don't bring things to God because we think it's too small for him to care about. But I promise you that's not the case. Give it to me and he wants to do everything that he promised for you. You just have to come and let somebody pray with you. If there's a need in your life, 
trust you in the storm. Help me to hear your voice when the whirlwind comes my way, Lord. Help me to know how to hear what you're trying to say to me, that I might get the clarity and the direction that I need. In the name of Jesus. This is the last call. If you desire prayer, come on up. Bring it to me and I'll bear it. Jesus said, give it to me and I'll share it. Thank you, Lord. If there's a need in your life, I will take it if you want. Hallelujah, hallelujah. to me. Prayer won't hurt you, it will only help you. Give it to me and I'll bear it. Jesus said, you, Jesus. give it to me and I'll share it. Thank God for the whirlwind. If there's a need in your because life, the answer I that you've been praying about, the answer you've been waiting for, might just be to me. in your whirlwind. Let us look unto the Lord. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. 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 Because you're so good, God. Because you're so loving. You're so kind. You're so merciful. You're so compassionate, God. And we thank you for being a God that loves us, for being a God that has saved us, for being a God that can deliver us from anything. And we thank you that there's nothing too big for you and there's nothing too small that you don't care about as it relates to us. Help us to understand that, God. Help us to trust you even when we're in the middle of a breaking. Help us to trust you like Job did, God, even when we're in the middle of a storm, even if it seems like the craziest time in our life. God, help us to trust you and to not just trust you, Lord, but to look for you in the whirlwind. Because out of the whirlwind, God, you can speak to our hearts. You can change our situation just like that. Help us to trust you in a new way this week, God. Help us to love you and to honor you, God, and to depend on you in a new way that you might get the glory out of our lives, that you might be able to lead us and move us into the place that you would have us to go. God, I thank you for each and every soul that is here today, every soul, every request that was made at this altar today. God, meet the needs of your people according to our faith, God. Continue to bless those who are sick, bless those who are shut in, God. Bless the mothers of our church, God. Mother Tobias and Mother White, God, we thank you for them. We thank you for each and every person, Lord, every family that's represented here today. God, allow us to love you and trust you better than we did last week. Help us to love you and trust you better than we did yesterday, that you might continue to be all in all in our lives, that this world may see our good works and glorify you, our Father, which is in heaven. We thank you. We bless you now. 
in Jesus' name. If we put our hands together, we say in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. God bless you. It is offering time. We ask that you will prepare yourselves for our giving. It is offering time, your chance to be able to sow into the ministry, into the kingdom of God. I mentioned earlier, and we heard so, so eloquently from Brother Jackson about the work that is happening all around the world. All around, yes, yes, that's good. I, I did not know that they, and I probably heard it, but I forgot, I did not know they translate, they've translated into almost 200 languages, 199 languages, thank you. That's amazing. I don't know one other language. So to hear that they've translated the Bible into 199 languages, I'm grateful for that work. And so I ask that you will join me. I'm going to give $100 towards the Gideon ministry, and I'm asking that whatever you can do, I'm not going to ask you to do a certain amount. Whatever you can give extra in addition to your tithing, your offering, please do so. On the envelope, if you use an envelope, please just write Gideon ministry. Um, if you do electronic giving, just in the memo. If you do Cash App, just say Gideon Ministry. If you do GiveLify, just pick other and say Gideon Ministry. But we just ask that you will sow. Sometimes the blessing that you're waiting for is in your obedience to sowing into somebody else. Sometimes your blessing, I know you're getting your offering, but I want you to hear this. Sometimes your blessing that you're waiting for is in your obedience to sowing into somebody else. And you may, you'll you may never know a person that the Bible you pay for helps bring to the Lord. You'll probably never meet them. Like Brother Jackson, he's met some people that he's helped bring to the Lord. We probably will never meet them in, in the Gideon ministry area. But it doesn't matter. The Lord has a record of everything. And your $10, if that buys five or six Bibles that get into the hands of someone who's never heard the gospel, you've done a great thing. And so we ask that you will sow into the ministry, and also with your regular tithing and offering. If we could stand at this time quickly, Malachi chapter 3, verse 5. We're going to read our scripture here. That's simply just a reminder of what comes with tithing, what comes with giving, what, times with, what comes with sowing, and what God's promises are to those who are obedient. Malachi 3, verse 5. If you have it, say amen. Amen. Let us read or recite God's word together. And I will come near to you to judgment, and I will be a swift witness against the sorcerers and against the adulterers and against false swearers and against those that oppress the hireling in his wages, the widow and the fatherless, and that turn aside the stranger from his right. And fear not me, saith the Lord of hosts, for I am the Lord, I change not. Even from the days of your fathers, you are gone away from mine ordinances and have not kept them. Return unto me, and I will return unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. But ye say, Wherein shall we return? Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But ye say, Wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. Ye are cursed with the curse, for ye have robbed me. saying that like y'all really believe that this morning. 
Amen. Anybody want to be called a delightsome land? I don't know about you. I want people to look at me and say, that's a delightsome land. I want what he got. <laughs> and that's where our testimony has an opportunity to be given. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your promises. We thank you for every seed that's about to be sown. Bless those who have to give and those that have not to give, Lord. Bless them is our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let us come at this time. Silver and gold have I none. Such that I have give I to thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Silver and gold have I none. Such that I have give I to thee. Oh, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Amen, amen, amen. We thank you for your liberality in your giving. At this time, we're going to have Evangelist Hilton come with our announcements. Can we say amen? amen. Thank you for joining us. Please like our podcast and leave us a five-star review. God bless and have an amazing week.